0: You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse, Earful of Dirt is the only podcast dedicated to Major League Rugby. Now, coming to you live from across the United States, here's your hosts...
1: And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Aaron Castro. Uh, you know, I think I'm about, I think I've got another week and then I can, uh, you know, stop wearing the sling at all. But uh, it's it's been out all day, so time to rest. Uh, Victor, hanging out in New York. Uh, Josh in Denver, apparently we're going to have breakfast on on Saturday, maybe Sunday too, something like that. Uh, we got to go somewhere like hashtag health though. I have not been. Uh, I have not been good to myself. Um, meanwhile, uh, producer Corey hanging out on the wilds of Iowa. You know, hit him up in the control room or on Twitter, and uh, you know, questions, comments, and we'll try to get after him. How's everyone's week been?
2: It's been well. Thank you for
1: asking. Good. All's good here. So, yeah, it's been pretty awesome overall. Uh, I have to say, uh, when it comes to you know, hang on, this is gonna be fun. Uh, when it comes to everything we've done and uh, this uh, wonderful week 10 of the major league rugby season, so well, for those new. To the podcast every Monday night, we uh, show up, we discuss news, rumors, break down the games of the Major League Rugby, the United States Professional Rugby Union competition. It's a chance to discuss the issues from league and team leadership, and check in with our friends across the U.S. Rugby. League. And guess what, guys? I guess the reviews are rolling. In. Uh, this one, this one's kind of cool. Um, And it comes with some criticism, for those that want criticism, yeah. Um, All about making the show better. MLR fan, Wilmington, North Carolina, five stars. Larry, Chinese learner. Um, Someone who involved with rugby for 15 years as a player, serious referee, now primarily player, again, odd, I know. Uh, These guys are great for the rugby obsessed like me, their discussion and analysis applies all across U.S. USA Rugby, but specializes with in-depth analysis of each MLR game, insightful discussions on player performances and potential impacts to the national team, as well as atmosphere developing in the inaugural MLR venues. Podcast follows a fairly open format, so discussion can drag on a bit. Yeah, I know, man. I'm trying to cut that up. Uh, good for those who love rugby, and which is why we are here, for those that love rugby. Not yeah, okay. for if you're just in for the concise radio stuff, guess what? We launched a Spanish podcast courtesy of Victor. See, um, so try to keep your agenda more concise, he says, and your points and presentation. And I suspect this is a challenge because the show is recorded live on YouTube. Eh, maybe we just—I think we're just verbose and long-winded. Uh, as far as bringing in more rugby community members, I mean, we, we do that all the time. Check out our lineout series. Uh, we're going to try and get some Sevens athletes on from the national team uh, to talk about their build-up towards Rugby World Cup Sevens, and then we'll continue our team series, which is one of the teams that we haven't been able to fully get to over the season uh, and complete that uh, through the summer before we uh, start <laughs> team previews in, like, November, December time frame. Uh, this week, what do we got?
0: Boy, what don't we have? Uh, Well, we had something pretty amazing happen this weekend. I don't know if you guys were uh, watching MLR or not, but uh, uh, Glendale, you know Glendale? Yeah, they lost a game. So we're going to talk quite a bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, Utah-Houston game, and uh, as well as wrapping up the summer series from USA, talk about their downing of uh, easily downing Canada. So to move to eight and zero on the series, so uh, USA, uh, heck of a thing
2: this year, right, guys? Oh my goodness, makes, makes you feel so proud of the Eagles, huh?
0: Hey, it's wonderful.
1: Yeah. Um. So guess what? <laughs> Apparently, we're up for uh, World Rugby Team of the Year. So hashtag vote um, with the picture. Uh, talk about USA Rugby with hashtag World Rugby Awards. So. Hey, man, there's only two teams with the streak that we got, and it's the Eagles and the All Blacks. So I'm not saying we're the All Blacks, but I'm saying we are definitely into for Team of the Year because, you know, the All Blacks do what they do, and we are on the rise.
0: Do they have a most improved award?
1: Uh, I think <laughs> we might be up for that, too.
2: <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. If any, if, if USA wins any award from World of Rugby, should be that one. I agree, Corey. I'm most improved.
1: Nah, all man, right. we're team of the year right now.
2: All right. Well, yeah, He's, of course, I won that one too. I won both.
0: <laughs> Definitely right. not going to argue right. that one.
1: All right, all right. Um, so moving on, Utah clinches the playoffs, 31 to 27 over the Saber Cats. Looks like I was wrong on this one, but mm-hmm. it was uh, it was close, man. Uh, it took some. Late game heroics from Tanao Lauti and Fetu Vainicolo uh, to seal this one up. You know, the way this go- went, you know, and you look at the score sheet, you're thinking Utah lost this game if you don't look at, you know, the scoring. Uh, they had like over a third more tackles. Uh, they had 10% less time of possession and I think 8% less territory than the SaberCats had. Uh, you know, I thought, I thought the Sabercats were going to do it, to me, but they didn't. Utah, Utah found an edge.
2: That's right, and that edge came in the form of Makatemelau just running over people, passing it over uh, to um, Alex Succi for him to finish. And as you mentioned, Lauti as well, and Vanicolo. So between those three guys, they were able to make, make it from a deficit into finally a spot in the playoffs.
3: I, it really wasn't that unexpected. I mean, if you have followed the season, except for their one victory, Houston has
1: gone out in front and then faded down the stretch.
2: Mm-hmm. And this was the opposite.
1: I mean, the, they kept uh, a game going for pretty much the entire time. Uh, and, you know, I, it, it was more or less resilience from Utah. <laughs> I, although I have to say the massive adjustment here and I was wondering why Alex Tucci had been on the bench so much and now we know why courtesy of the broadcasters um you know he's been nursing a hamstring injury and you know had a uh, reduced load but guess what uh, his load was a try so uh, <laughs> that, that's what his load was for this game uh you know uh I think maka Tamilau I don't I don't know how much rugby he's played but I don't think he's played a lot
2: uh, no, he, he, is he mes- looks low he ma- in
1: He's system. a massive human being, and I think he's a great athlete, so eventually he'll get there. But Alex Tucci, where he is in his development as a loosehead, is tremendously further along, and I think he's going to be a great scrummager uh, next season. Heck, I think he's going to do pretty well uh, this weekend against Glendale. Uh, you know, uh, so let's talk some louty. What do you guys think about him? Utah MVP.
2: Yeah, um, definitely. So, um, uh, at least for that game. I mean, that's not count out um, Dampati.
1: I, I think you know, Kurt Morath is probably up there. The captain, Losique, is also. But Tanah Lauti is the leading try scorer for the MLR as we closed out the regular season.
2: Mhm. He, awesome um, awesome yeah, exactly. he beat um. Uh, yeah, he beat um. quite awesome. and he beat uh, Hamish Ice for the spot. If I'm not mistaken, right?
1: Well, that helps when uh, Hamish Ice is uh, not with his team for three games. That is true. He <laughs> <laughs> he also beat out Harley Davidson. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the bigger one is being at Harley Davidson. I think. Uh, you you know it's uh when it comes to games I. You know, for me, SaberCats played a complete game. They just they lost didn't the coin flip here. They just lost the mm-hmm. coin flip here. Mm-hmm. It, also, it
3: also didn't help when Sam Windsor doubled his missed penalty kicks on the year.
1: Yeah, that this. I mean, he only yeah, missed yeah.
3: two all
1: year. Wow. Yeah.
2: So never, and, and he had the most points by the way of, of, the, of the of the league. Um, eighty. When I say
1: points, I thought it was more than three. Yeah.
2: Okay. Wow. I was I was really it, off. Awesome. It
1: it's it's a lot. Uh, Sam Windsor. I would say uh, we're talking like not MVP necessarily. Although you know, without him, I don't even know where they'd be. But uh, you know, Player of the Year contribution. Uh, it's got it. He's got to be up there because he scores tries. He kicks from all over. His boot uh, gets them field position. So. Uh, And one of the big things is that for me is like their scrum. Like I think uh, they had some scrummaging issues early on. They were, they were taking penalties even though like they probably got one of the most classically trained type fives out there. They've, they fixed whatever the drive issues they were having that gave them those penalties. And just for the most part until Tucci came in, they were just wrecking uh, Utah on this. (laughs) But (sighs) alas, just, just not enough, um, and you know, uh, it is what it is. But uh, the mm-hmm. sort of thing is that I think they they need to look at is finishing. And you know, the last time they played Utah and sort of went with this one is they didn't play the last, they didn't, they didn't do much with the last ten minutes of the game. Um, like they still had a chance to. To run through their systems, and one of the chances they didn't bounce back from. So, mm,
2: better luck next season. I guess. I mean, but, and it's really sad. I mean, they start so great in the preseason, then immediately uh, rugby proper starts, and that they, they just won one game, and, and that was really it. Well, you know,
1: I mean, someone you could, you could someone, kind of see. It. Someone has to be at the bottom. And just, well mm-hmm.
2: just well yeah, of course. I mean it just, it just had to be them unfortunately, not really fair, but no. but I mean that's that was, that was the sort of de- the cards that they were dealt with
1: unfortunately. so um, Raptors are not unstoppable. in fact, they almost had a fat zero
2: <laughs> seriously and and only because really coming in and saving them from from that. um by the way guys on this question, who were those guys in the field playing the Legion? Because that was not the Glendale Raptors,
3: I know. I, I think they were in a "we have to be here" mode, and let's just get out as soon as we can.
1: I, I don't know about that. I think they've uh, now ex- now they've exacted the the vengeance of their head coach, because uh, if you listen to Dan Power and you know. Uh, I've talked to Dave Williams. He's a bear and Josh knows. He's a very intense dude. Like Dave is – Dave was the Eagles' strength coach for like 10 years uh, before, you know, um, before he moved on. And he's, he's, a, he's a tough guy. Uh, so, I, you know, I looked at this game and Jake Christman was just making 19-year-old mistakes. You know? Well, it, it's also
3: um, – it was brought up on the broadcast. Um, the pressure defense from San Diego was causing Glendale to commit a lot more guys to the ruck than they would like. You know, it was
1: causing slow ball. The The interesting thing about that is they weren't playing like a blitz defense. They weren't loading the box to draw in, uh, to draw in offensive players to um, establish a huge ruck. What they did do is they were – extremely violent in their contention of each ruck, which, you know, the entire time they're like pushing through the gate and Chrisman is like struggling to dig it out to like pass the ball off. And I think what have, what could have helped Chrisman in this case, uh, watching the game is doing a lot more quick carries off the, off the rock. Cause he is bigger uh, than uh, Davies. So I think he's more durable, but you know, he's, he's young he'll learn, but That defense, like around the ruck, was just brutal. But for the most part, I think I look at this game and I think San Diego should have scored more points. But there were also some things where San Diego should have gotten penalized a lot for. Uh, The reason why I think they should have scored more points is Glendale did not play well. They could not handle the ball. In fact, if you compared us, compared Glendale to the Eagles during the first 20 minutes uh, against Canada... There's a lot of similarities. They were just the ball handling was bad, too many knock-ons, uh, for you know, a team of this skill and this experience.
2: Now, to me, that's been the story of Major League Rugby guys through the 2018 season. Um, Set pieces are not up to snuff. A lot of uh, problems, um, uh, ball handling. I mean, he's getting a little better now, almost, pretty much, almost already at the end of the season. But all, well, well, the Raptors not so much. But all the other six teams, yeah, problems again with knock-ons, and definitely at set pieces, um, especially in the lineouts. And you guys seen it? (laughs) Hooker comes in, throws the ball, misses his his team entirely, uh, or 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 whatever. I mean I don't I, it's it's quite something.
3: Well Glenda seemed to get at least that portion right, but uh it was also brought up on the broadcast is they went too fast in their malls. And I think that kind of they slowed down just a little, it might have helped them just a little more. Also holding on to the ball as well. I, I, yeah,
1: I mean I think the I know that slow ball was being created by the defense, but the way they were playing I th- they just played way too fast. They didn't uh, let the game. They didn't let the game slow down for themselves, uh, for the most part. Uh, and another issue, and I think this will be corrected, is just Maximo De Oswald just didn't have the leg uh, that Will McGee has, and they didn't have another kicking option uh, in the backfield, which sh- obviously. Uh, You know, I'm a fan of Will McGee's boot. He kicks pretty. He kicks pretty good. I think that'll be a good matchup, him versus Kurt Merath, when uh, that goes on uh, this weekend. But uh, and then that'll put Max back in fullback, and you'll have two kicking and playmaking options on the field.
3: I I think that is Max's best position is fullback.
1: He doesn't have
3: that big of a leg, but the leg he does have is. Best, I think is best suited
1: for a fullback.
3: I agree with Josh
1: 100%. So, um So, this this is something I I got to talk about is um it, I, we talked about officiating last week, which I don't like talking about officiating. But Scotty Green had a bad day from the center. He had a bad day. Uh so Ryan Matias scored a great try but that line out that led to his try was like three meters to the left it wasn't even it was it it wasn't even in the tunnel right it was pretty bad um so there was that uh a lot of their line outs were not really straight i wish blair had been uh you know, the starting hooker instead of O'Toole. I think O'Toole as a hooker was fine, you know, but uh, as a line out thrower, he he was struggling a bit. Um, but the big issues for me is the scrum. Um, when Tui Alamaka came on, uh, that helped them out. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the two flankers playing lock was a bit rough. and Maybe, I don't know if this was intend- intended or if it just happened because these guys don't play in the engine room. in. Uh, the locks always walked to the left or right rather than straight. And they continuously wheeled that scrum and did not get penalized. Uh, I think there was only one time that Glendale earned a penalty off of that scrum where it was so glaring that uh, there was no way uh, Green was going to get away with you know, not calling it. But most of the time that scrum wheeled Glendale got penalized and they drove straight the entire time. I saw that. I almost thought it was a combination
3: of, of both props just driving in and it just happened to wheel around.
1: No, I I was like the, I saw it like the first couple scrums, the locks were just walking to the side. Uh, And maybe that's just a, a, a fact of the fact that they're flankers and they haven't played lock together ever. So they don't really know what they're doing. Well, so somebody brought up, I forget where I saw it. Somebody brought up the point. So their normal normal locks are injured, correct? Yeah. San Diego. Um, Yeah, Mahoney, um, Harmon. I I think the the only lock they didn't have injured was Lampert. And he was was on the bench. uh, And he was on the bench. So, Somebody brought up the comparison of
3: Rob Hoadley to Eddie Jones. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Big
3: <laughs> <laughs> players entered a training camp oh, i
1: don't know about that but that's rough uh yeah i you know but like i said i think san diego outside of that those few things this 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 match just wasn't close uh i think they should have scored more um but uh the glendale defense was you know sort of in the right place at the right time uh But uh, Tig Leader, thirteen points uh, from the tee. But what he was able to do with his foot, when it came to ball like ball position and territory, was extremely needed, and that's definitely what led to, uh, you know, this total victory. Even though it's you know twenty three to three, it was not a close game. Yeah, it. to be honest,
3: I think San Diego was just like we've done this too long. You guys go ahead and score.
1: So I mean, it was earned, but uh, it was it was over, you know. So I think that's about it for that one, guys. So let's move on to the one that mattered. Uh, the Eagles crushed Canada forty-two to seventeen. Billy Tula was robbed. Yeah, uh, except I, I I, see the TMO on this, except for, I have to say, criticism to my fellow journalist, Gareth Rees. Dude, you can't talk about our fitness when you're getting your butt kicked 35 to 10. Thank you. You can't. <laughs> like, Thank
2: you. The, the
1: team that is unfit was the team that was losing. Uh, Gracias. We we won this game. We didn't win this game on skill. Like we we won this game on fitness. We uh we we played like crap. Yep. So.
2: I don't know physicality.
1: Uh, in the in the first half, you know, we gave up that uh we gave up the penalty, and we just continued coughing up the ball. And there was that one time that they had a shot. Lucas Rumball got within you know five meters of the try line, and it, it's. It, it didn't amount to anything because we played great defense uh, between the five meter and the try line. Uh, it, It's, uh, you know, I, I asked Gary the question uh, via press comments that we got back. And, you know, I asked if it was a worrying trend that we let teams score first. And he's like, eh, really? Not really. It, it just sort of happens. Uh, because it's, and the team has always responded. Uh, you know, we saw how they responded very fast uh, against Russia, very fast against uh, Scotland, and then you know, as soon as we scored that try, it was the game was over.
3: So I, I have to ask, it maybe related to that, but why does it take those ten to fifteen minutes for us to get
1: going? That's a good question. I don't know i think part of it is the game plan um because you know I had the discussions over the weekend and saying hey we just kicked away too much of our possession uh well <laughs> you know previous scrum halves had kicked away too much of our possession in in the midfield with the box kick so uh I, I think the way we're trying to play is sort of uh win some games on fitness but the we, we played – I think we played unexpectedly flat, to be honest. Uh, we had a big physical win over Scotland, and, you know, our training program pretty intense, and you just sort of – just sort of happens. Uh, I think if we were on our game, it would have probably been 80 to 10. And because it was the end of
3: the camp or whatever, like we know we can beat these guys, so
1: that's just – play yeah Uh, i mean we're our our levels of where we need to be are not there yet uh some of the guys aren't i mean was it so i spoke with aj mcginty last week he was talking about their fitness test and of the backs he said he was because he'd been off for a few weeks and they had their fitness test obviously at altitude and he said all the backs had passed the fitness test but uh he was the second slowest guy uh, and, uh, Paula CK being the biggest dude in the backfield was the slowest guy. Uh, you know, and we've seen Paula CK's fitness. He's, he's coming on, man. But, uh, you no, know, I think part of this is game plan. Um, and then we've had some defensive system lapses that just weren't happened, but at the end of the day, your body only knows so much stress and you're playing at such a high level that, uh, it can take a while to adjust. I will say, I thought the Canadians played a good game for 20 minutes and, but we had dropped our level below theirs. Uh, so that's what, you know, allowed that them to play. I thought they, I thought they, they kept their intensity pretty much the exact same. It was when we sort of just settled into, you know, what was going on. Be like, Hey, it's wet. The grass is long because the last two the last two games they played on you know short soccer a short soccer field
3: it it almost seems like um, environmental factors aside it almost seems like the Eagles play down for those first few minutes to the level of their opponent and then something sw- some switch gets flipped and they just go
1: and you know i guess the score the final scoreline really isn't surprising the way we played Uh, I mean, we crushed Russia, and then Russia went and crushed them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you look at their match against Scotland, uh, I would say they played better matches against Scotland and better matches against us than they did against Russia. Uh, Because, so we did 31, uh, was it? No, 30-29 over Scotland. Our scoreline against Canada are relatively similar uh, over that squad. So th- when you have to think about that, uh, I, I mean, overall, I'm not worried. It's, it was, it's been a great tour. The stress level is high. We've played in three different environments. We played in the heat at altitude. We played in heavy humidity at sea level. And then we on both times on short grass. And then we played on long grass, uh, you know, on a day that, on a day that had like rained. So it wasn't, they were at sea level. The air wasn't thick because it wasn't humid and it was just different. Also body clocks were different. Uh, You know, the, the time difference between Denver and Houston was one hour and then going up to uh, Halifax, they had to shift Uh, two hours more, so maybe that had something to do with it. Overall, uh, we figured it out. Second half, it just... Well, the floodgates opened pretty soon, and uh, Cam Dolan had a hat trick, so I don't think it matters. So
3: it it almost seems like USA is going to become the new Pacific Pacific Island team
1: that you're going to... You may win the game, but you'll regret it the next day. Yeah, it's... You know, I, I think we're... I think we're on the path to where we need to be. I think that uh, what we've done uh, this summer really plays into how we'll do in the fall. I think it's going to be a great tour in the fall. And uh, one of the comments uh, asked about uh, what uh, players are doing. Gary mentioned that uh, there is an offseason program. I've been talking about this all the time. The MLR players are not going to just get released somewhere. There is an off-season program for MLR teams. Uh, I guess in August and September, there are going to be some exhibition games going on before they sort of break. And it's probably they're going to break in October and for the international window before they start the preseason.
2: Speaking of November, guys, I'm actually sort of dreading November because eight straight wins, things are looking up, and then November comes in, and... They're gonna be playing the the Mario All Blacks, and then sort of, I, I, and I feel that they're going to deflate, not completely, but a little bit.
1: I, I mean, I, I don't see that. I see like the mental skills approach that we've got uh, is so much different than how we've been under the last two head coaches. Uh, we we haven't lost any trap games. When you think we're gonna lose in a trap game, we haven't lost a trap game. Sometimes we'll have a poor performance but we will just like we'll win, which is, uh, you know, uh, what is sort of a hallmark of good teams. When you have a bad day at the office, you still win. So we're getting there. Um, the false, the November tour really gives us a chance to, uh, to climb a bit. Uh, we've got the Maori, we've got the Irish at the Aviva we're supposed to have Romania. We're supposed to have Tonga, which, uh, you know, there's a lot of ranking points up at stake there. So, I, you know, if I was going to predict to you what we would do today uh, versus those teams, I mean, I think my expectations for winning and losing is about the same, which is two and two. But I want to see trem- I want to see much different performances against the Maori and Ireland than I would have expected uh, previous to um, just how well we've played this summer. Mm-hmm. And by
2: the way, guys, if USA beats the Mario All Blacks, that will be unprecedented because that will be the first time a US side has ever beaten a New Zealander side in rugby. And I that's
1: uh, that, that's incorrect. We've we've inf-
2: inf- inf- oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, infict teams. Right, I'm sorry, the, I, 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 I am sorry Senor teams.
1: I'm just going to make sure we got to because I'm a bit pedantic. We have to make I,
2: Again, I, I, I am sorry, Senor Castro. Disculpe me. No, 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 but in 15s. Uh, yeah. And by the way, and if any of you guys know, I I, I know there is a gentleman who I believed uh, used to coach maybe New Zealand or, or was involved in New Zealand in some way, and he made a comment about uh, USA and New Zealand saying something along the lines of the United States of America will never beat uh, New Zealand side uh, in rugby Ever or something like that. And then a couple of, and then I heard someone say that and then a couple of months later uh, USA seventy three, New Zealand 765. <laughs> now, if any of you, if any of you guys, if, if you two guys know who the person is, please I, I tell me. who
1: it is. I, I remember the quote, but I forget who it is.
2: Yeah, but, so again, if they do read the Mario All Blacks, that will be a person beating them in 15s. So, well,
3: okay, so speaking of All Blacks, just a quick question. Looking to the future, uh, before the Eagles play Ireland, Ireland has to play the All Blacks. Does that have any effect on our game?
1: No. I, I mean, I think some guys might get arrests, but, I, I mean, they are going to have – they're still going to have a strong side out there. It's not going uh, to be much. And, you know, I, yes, they have to play the All Blacks before us, but they don't want to be Scotland. Mm. That's like yeah. I was to They don't want to. They don't want to give it up.
2: Mm-hmm. So they're going to play a full strength side with for the uh, against the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, they have to. That's
1: my that's my opinion. <laughs> so, um, moving on to uh, player of the week for Major League Rugby is Tana Uh So, uh, what was try of the week? But I guess uh, one of y'all uh, selected uh, that try. Uh, so not allowed to first try uh, as the EOD play of the week, which I think is actually play number three for the league. So, but, um, you know, which was our favorite game? Uh, my favorite game was, you know, San Diego versus Glendale. It was just so much different than what I had expected. And, man, did I have to eat a big pile of crow.
2: Well, for me, it was Utah... Sabercats is mostly because of, well, first, the, the, the two loud, the OT tries, which were beautiful, I had to say, really really coming off guard because I was, I, I don't know, I was not expecting two strikes from him. I was more pushing for Vanicolo, so I'm glad I was wrong. And and the Dark Horse was the one that scored twice, and again, beautiful tries. Uh, so not only that, but also the fact that the worst came back from a deficit to come in and beat the server cats which were play played quite well if we're a team that only won one game at I four uh out of eight out of eight, which is not fair it should have won more than what that but eh, it's what it is
3: i I went with San Diego and Glendale just virtually shut Glendale out I mean he gregor Kurdish really didn't score until the seventy ninth
1: minute so I mean as good as you can get. So, uh, looking back to Week Ten and what our predictions were, uh, Glendale versus San Diego was five to twenty-three. I had Glendale minus twelve. I got wrecked.
2: You tell me, I got Glendale by fourteen. I was, I, I, I was, I should have changed that to SD, SDL. I know we're been close.
0: Yeah, this was the one I decided to go way out there for, and I said uh, Glendale by twenty. So. Shows how much I know.
1: Um, the next game was Houston at Utah Warriors, twenty-seven to thirty-one. I had Houston minus one on the road. Ugh, I was close.
2: Yeah, well, I got I got the right team. I definitely got Utah, but by ten, so obviously not.
0: And that one, yeah, I was pretty close. I had uh, Utah by seven, so yeah, at
1: least in range. <laughs> Um, so moving on to our playoff predictions, which are both on Saturday at 5 p.m. Mountain Time and 7:30 Mountain Time. The first matchup is the three seed versus the two seed. Seattle will be the designated home team as the higher-ranked team, from what I understand. They play the San Diego Legion. Uh, you know what? Against my better judgment, I'm going San Diego minus three. They're, just pl- they're playing too hot. They're playing too hot. Yeah, I think they turned it around since
3: the penalty try hat trick. I, I have San Diego minus five.
2: Well, I guess I should go with the team that scored penalty try the motion picture, but no, um, I'm actually going to go no, I am going to go with the, the team that they, has are talking. <laughs> he was about? like, I'm he playing. was going to say, he was,
1: was going to say, <laughs> I'm going with the STL, and then he was like, ah, <laughs> the man, sorry.
2: No, 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 sorry. I got, I got, I got my comments from. Well, yes, I am going with the Sea Wolves. Um, I'm saying I'm going by ten. I mean by twelve. Excuse me, by twelve.
0: And I'm gonna go by with for the Sea Wolves as well, but we're gonna call it a squeaker. I'm gonna say that they're gonna win by three. And that's simply because uh, they're going to be back uh, to full strength next weekend after the international test window. So I'm expecting good things.
1: All right. And your nightcap, the one versus four Glendale Raptors versus the Utah Warriors. I'm going Glendale Raptors with all of their Eagles back minus seven. Um, I think I'm not sure if Quill's available, but everybody else is. And that. Group of heavy pipe hitters, they ain't, they ain't staying home for the championship. I had I had originally said Glendale minus five,
3: but then I then I took into account the uh, anger of Coach Williams and <laughs> added added another five. <laughs> Glendale minus
2: uh, Also going Glendale guys by by fourteen, just make it to uh, to converted tries.
0: And uh, you know what they say when you, uh, you when you fall off the horse, you gotta get right back on. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say Glendale by 20 this week. Uh, maybe this time round it'll be true. Destroying the Warriors. All right. Uh, hey, you know what time it is? It's tweet of the week. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Yep. I don't know what that was, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> for you. Um, yeah, this is, uh, we're going old school. We're going to go a rando pick out of the hat tweet from uh, somebody nobody's ever heard of. So this is uh, a gentleman by the name of Matthew DeFazio, uh, goes by Manu five Oh four nine. Uh, he said, he tweeted, this is on Sunday. He tweeted, I'm watching major league rugby hashtag. Didn't even know this existed. Hashtag Sunday fun day hashtag HowUt, Houston, Utah, uh, hashtag Why Isn't This Trending Nationwide. So, uh, you know, this is just a fun one. Once again, somebody discovering the the competition, even though it's right here at the end of the season. This is, this is the beauty about being nationally televised, guys. People are finding MLR every single week, and it's wonderful. So we're glad you enjoyed it, Matt. Thanks for tuning in, man.
3: If you want to grow the sport, you don't put it behind a paywall.
1: Thank you. Yep. Well, let's let's make it a paywall that uh, people recognize. That's
3: mm-hmm. true. <laughs> no, really, good point. I mean, hey, uh, if, you
1: put, if you put it
3: on ESPN Plus, I think people would be more likely to pay for it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, so let's move on to views, news, and abuse. Uh, DCMLR webcast. Uh, y- you know, it it sort of pretty much had the standard, uh, stuff. Uh, then they had like markets. They're still talking about, uh, still talking about, uh, Vancouver and Ontario, uh, which was really cool. Interesting that Sacramento and San Francisco were not in the, the presentation that I watched, uh, Atlanta and Los Angeles are. Chicago is Kansas city is, um, mm. so things to, you know, think about right there. Uh, but the coolest thing was, I have to say, was four hundred season ticket deposits, man. Wow! Like they haven't even committed to twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. So if you've got that, and I think they've only, yeah, they haven't had that even open for a month. I think that's only open three. That's only been open three weeks. If you get to a thousand preseason ticket deposits. Uh, before you know, middle of July or before the end of July, it's it's for me. It's time to throw the money down because the market has already been tested. The market says that they want to be there. They want you to go. So mm-hmm. if you get to a thousand season ticket deposits uh, before your decision window of 2019 or 2020, uh, I think the decision is made for you. Uh, so that was really excited to hear their. Uh, Their ideas about uh, an Academy system and Academy affiliates uh, was really cool. Uh, They've decided that they need to develop their own ground by 2020. Uh, They put up some renderings, which was really cool. Uh, I did ask about, they're going for 5,000 as a capacity. I did ask about rapid expansion, but that question didn't get answered, but... We are going to have a touch point with uh, Paul Sheehy and uh, Mike Dunlavy pretty soon. Uh, I think we'll uh, try and get them on air for an interview uh, after the championship series is over. So that was cool. Uh, Someone mentioned the LLC filing in California of LA Coast Rugby. Uh, Yeah, and it's also on Twitter, by the way, and Facebook. Um, It is, let me think. I have an LLC tracker that I haven't opened up uh, in a couple of weeks. I think there's three LLCs that list themselves as professional rugby teams in Los Angeles. So there are at least three bids going into uh, the LA market. So that's pretty Pretty huge, right? Like, that's a tremendous amount of influence. Um, the guy behind this bid is a Scotsman. Um, his kids play rugby, and he's connected pretty deep into the finance industry. And then a Reddit user uh, created the MLR Circle of Parity. So every team's been defeated, and it's kind of funny. Like, as soon as a team gets defeated, uh, they de- they defeat the hot team. And what we had was uh, a team that San Diego had lost to. They, pardon. They then beat the Raptors. So that was pretty cool. Um, so shout out to Colonel Fogsworth on Reddit. Um, now, everyone's favorite.
0: Oh, would well, that be questions from Bob? That's certainly my favorite. Yeah, so um, actually, it's fantastic that we're running a little bit early tonight because we have just got a pile of questions to get through. So we'll uh, we'll go through these and see how far we get tonight. First up, um, LL Rugby One. What steps is the MLR doing to better officiate? Uh, to do to doing to better officiating not just the league, but for rugby as a whole in the U.S.
1: Well. I don't know. To be honest, uh, they're providing – they provided something like 26 uh, high-performance matches for these high-performance referees on the national panel to get some time in. Uh, But, you know, this leads back to the conversation we had with Brian Ray uh, the other week about, you know, should – MLR like be emplo- developing and employing its own referees I think yes I understand that they you know live to serve the ship of international rugby but uh, I think professionalizing the referee corps in the United States is extremely necessary and important what do you guys got
0: any other thoughts on that one
1: no I mean, Aaron,
3: Aaron covers it a lot better than we could
0: all right. Karma Killer 95's got a couple questions for us. First up, what are your thoughts on this year's playoff format? Pros and cons of this format versus other sports post seasons.
3: I don't think I mean, you can do it any other way.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't, right now, don't give me no. I at no point do I ever want a round robin uh, in like pool play of a playoff. Uh, as far as the league is concerned, uh, only one contact sport in this country has a multi game series in its playoffs and that is hockey. So yep. um, if we're only going to play, you know, sixteen to twenty games, it needs to be single elimination.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. Um rugby This I don't think it's a sport that that has been built like in the same level as um, let's like, say baseball, basketball and ice hockey where you you have a series of if it's seven games and it's the best out of five series, probably uh, definitely sound built like that. So it has to be just one game and that's it.
0: Is there any examples uh, internationally of 15s playing in any other systems?
1: I mean, so you have like the Champions Cup. So they do have pool play in the Champions Cup, but the pool play is over like eight weeks. So, I mean, we'll probably have that if Liga Sul-Americana or Sudamerica or whatever down south actually gets up. We might have a Champions Cup over here, and we might have some play if it's big enough. That also evolves into just straight-up knockout eventually, too. Correct. So, like the – I mean, in Champions Cup, the finalists and the semi – the two finalists do not play – in like a aggregate series. All right.
0: Next from Karma Killer ninety five also wants to know which team do you expect to be most improved by the return of their national team players?
2: Oh my god,
1: San Diego. Definitely Seattle. Well, uh, I'm gonna say it's gonna be Glendale. The, the, dun, level, dun, the, dun. the level is going to raise so much higher because the reality is that, I mean, so you had four, only three guys uh, were still on the team for San Diego. And that was Nate Owensberger, Cam Dolan, and Dylan Oudsley. So, I mean, all three, I think, are going to start right away. Uh, but uh, it's only three guys, whereas you had six from the Raptors still on the squad. Interesting. Holy Oak wants to know,
0: can we get an injury info on player status?
1: I think that was really wanting to know about Connor Kearns. We did get information, and any time a player is injured, I usually reach out to teams to try and get info. So Connor Kearns has been cleared to train.
3: That's good. Here. They they added a video on their Twitter feed. That's where I got it from,
1: because he was playing checkers and stuff. Ah.
0: Uh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, this is a little bit longer one, so uh, excuse me if I stumble through it a little. Yamaha Kiwi, which that's a pretty cool name. Yamaha Kiwi wants to know. Is it wise to include yet another Texas team next year after all three teams in the Southwest failed to make the playoffs? Um, Is there genuine cause for concern that even if Dallas makes it to the starting line, uh, they may become the whipping boy for the next season?
1: Well, somebody's got to be the whipping boy. And as far as adding a Texas team, if the money is right, I don't think it matters.
0: Uh-huh. Now, That's an interesting question, uh, especially in light of Austin um, struggling to fill seats um, this season.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, I, I just think you, you're you playing about an hour and a half the long way of tra- traffic on Friday nights. Uh in Austin, and then one of those games was on a school night. Towards the end of the season, it, it got better, but uh, it's one of the things that rugby needs in this country is consistency of calendar. So, hmm. as long as the league returns, I think you'll see a peak. uh The the attendance will peak again.
3: Yeah, but we also have to remember we're at the, Mer- we're at the Mercy TV here.
1: Oh, yeah. There's that, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and they're going to get more eyes on the game uh, off a TV screen than they will off of uh, people in stands. So I guess that's important as well.
2: Yeah, of course. So.
0: All right. And then we got a couple came in from Twitter here. Uh, so MLR Queen wants to know, what do you guys think happened to Houston this season? And I assume this has to do with kind of not matching maybe the expectation, and the hype going into the season uh, based on preseason action. Uh, they may have kind of fallen off a little.
2: Any thoughts? Who wants to take that?
3: I d I don't think that you I don't think there really is you can't really pinpoint one thing. It's just the way the ball rolled.
2: Very much.
1: Yeah, I mean there there are some games that like they were in till the end, right? They they just lost some close games. Part of it I I think some of the I mean I've we've talked about this before, right? Part of it, I think, is chronic load. I think for next year, well, you know, they had more games than Glendale did for their warm-up. They all of a sudden had to practice twice as much compared to what most of those guys had been doing. So, I think that plays into it. As a group, they've got a good team culture. Uh, They like each other. It's it's a a good group of players. Uh, And I not just as a good group of players, there's a lot of good men on that team uh, that I know personally, which is, you know, it's <sighs> watching them lose just sort of like stung. So, um, yeah, yeah. They, seem, they seem to build up a good fan base. I think
3: all the entire, I guess you could say the entire city was gutted with the way the season has gone. I mean, it's, it's not like they were never in the matches. It's that it's literally just the way the ball rolled sometimes that that they just couldn't pick it up sometimes.
0: If for a try, that probably their record would be a little bit different. A couple of strategic tries here and there, so. Oh. All right. Uh, Lawrence Hooper wants to know, does Glendale's loss to San Diego mean that they are vulnerable in the playoffs?
1: Um, everyone's vulnerable, apparently. 7-1, uh, not 8-0. No. Um, but, uh... I, the only place I see them losing is in the championship.
2: Mm-hmm. That like, yeah, definitely could be possible.
1: That's, that's a different game. Yeah.
0: We'll see what happens. And finally, uh, we had an internal question, and this comes from CR4YOL4. Crayola uh, wants to know, does Glendale need another fly half? Yes. Yeah. Definitely.
3: Where, do, where does he come from?
0: I mean, don't they just kind of wander around the country like nomads, looking for work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll fly half for food.
1: Dude. <laughs> to exit on an interstate <laughs> for foos. Um, what is it? Uh, a fullback for life, Van Shulkwick? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. probably played some fly half in his day, so. He's he's a senior. He graduated, so he's up. Um, just, there's some there's some solutions out there. I think that are immediately American eligible. Uh, the you know the the Arizona product uh, Kyle Rogers is playing for San Diego already. So I, I guess I can't say that guy.
2: You know that. Not, not- <laughs> Not like Corey said, we'll fly half for food. Now I have this picture in my head of some random skinny guy, in, in like close to the highway with with a sign, dressed like a rugby player, and some <laughs> random person stopping and asking, um, "What is fly half? <laughs> <laughs> what's a fly half? What is?" Hey,
0: well, it's What's better. The- it's better than being a hooker for food.
2: So, yes, I was thinking of that right now. I was just. Thinking,
3: like, I got it, it. Could also be will will second five eighths for food. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Second five-eighths. laughs> what? Just, just what? people I mean. even more. Like uh, second five eighths. <laughs> uh,
2: no, no. Or um, how the Scottish. Uh, we'll, well, will stand off for food because I call it standoff oh, yeah. in
1: Scotland. Standoff. We'll stand stand
2: will I like standoff better than flat half personally.
1: Uh, I I am a an advocate of a single common language across rugby.
2: I agree. Well, dude, but you, I you, you,
1: but you. I also call I also call I also call the right and left wing the the blind side and open side wings. So.
3: <laughs> uh, okay. hey, it, it took him this long to get a global calendar. How long will it take him to get a global language? Dude, seriously,
2: we need that. But you know which language desperately needs that, in all honesty, guys? Spanish. And I as well mention this because we talked about the first episode of uh, Ear Earflow there in Espanol, which if you haven't heard, por favor, escuchen. Um, it's, so the terminology in Latin America is very different from the one in Spain. I personally prefer the one in Spain just because all the terms are in Spanish. But in Latin America, we have this thing that we like to anglicize or uh, or just take the word straight from English and just in Spanish. So, for example, in Argentina and the rest of our Latin America, the flanker is not called the flanker. It's called the wing. And then the wing, the actual wing, which is ala, if you translate it into Spanish, they they call that the wing in English. So flanker is wing. And then the wing that's supposed to be called ala, they call it wing.
3: So I don't get that. Makes no sense to me.
0: That's very confusing.
3: Makes no sense to me. Makes no sense you to me. You should take it up with Dan Payne there, Victor.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, Rugby I, America's CEO. Yes. I'm pretty sure he now, can. I, I need to take that to Agustin Pichos. That's what I need to
1: take it to. I'm pretty sure they can uh, they can rule by uh, World Rugby Fiat for the America's Hemisphere. Seriously, dude. It's super annoying. I
2: I, I, I hate that. I, I I don't like that. And then Scrum. <laughs> They call it scrum. What did you call it melee? Like they do in Spain. That's already in Spanish. That's a nice word. And also, we need to come up with a word for mole in Spanish. Why is this not a word for mole in Spanish? That makes no sense to me. That was mole. Dude, mole. Exactly. Mole. Mole? You
1: want some sauce? i give you some mole. i give you some mole. More.
2: Mole. Dude, in Mexico, that would be hilarious.
1: Put Anyways. some mole on your tamale.
2: And tamales. <laughs> Go you
1: got some mole in your tamales you got some mole
2: oh. on top of your tamales uh, well, i was gonna say so, on top of the rock but that's good we'll,
0: we'll fly half for mole
2: <laughs> <laughs> well yes after having a couple of laps i think we should be going because we're like being delirious right now okay so first of all thank you very much for joining us on another great episode of the airflow dirt Majorly Director Podcast, episode 42. Um, Subscribe to our channel on YouTube, Earful of Dirt Podcast. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Earful of Dirt. Check out our website, earfulofdirt.com, so you could read several articles, mostly by Mr. Aaron Castro and Josh Freglin. Mostly Josh. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. And, mostly Josh. I
2: just, mostly Josh. I, I said that. Mostly Josh.
1: Mostly that, but also, yeah, well, Aaron,
2: too. I was going by alphabetical order, you know, from A to F. No, that's what I say I'm sorry, a 2 j Excuse me. And then, of course, make sure to add to our uh, add us to your podcast feed, whether on iTunes, Acast, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, or you just check us out straight on onto um, SoundCloud as well. And of course, there us a review. And once again, to excuse me, because I'm blanking on his name, a Larry Chinese learner. Um, I guess um. How I guess um that's um damn it how you say it in Chinese for well, thank you uh for your your comments you we appreciate it or ta if you speak Cantonese I don't know which one and finally make sure to call us guys at our phone number one seven two zero six hundred two six seven nine to drop us a voicemail we definitely appreciate that and dude we haven't gotten anything uh, This season's gonna be over and we're not gonna get anything so please if someone specifically uh, uh, someone named M L M- R Queen who's a really nice lady can do that for us that'll be great and with all that said guys thank you very much for joining us once again my name is Victor again that was Josh, Corey and Aaron and yeah Dan is I don't know when we're going to see Dan one of these days I hope and we'll see you guys next week thank you very much
0: Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime we're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt you can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us.